You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. Come on now, Ben. What's going on, bro? I'm doing great. How are you? Dude, I'm good, man. Your sermon was great last night. I really appreciate it. I listened to like... I listened to, like, I don't know, like, I think, like, 15 minutes of it, like, today, additionally to what I listened to last night. Awesome. Great job. You guys, should, you guys should go back and listen to it. Uh, I talked about confessing your expectation in preparation for our Heat Wave conference that we have coming so up in a couple Two of weeks. weeks. But today, it is not time to rate that foreign snack just Uh-oh. yet. Today, we have some very special guests. And hey. there we are. There we go. Look at that. Let's go. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. How, you guys are like, how do they do that? Like, Crazy. that's just, that's just so magic. cool. It, it, it's amazing, isn't it? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, it, there was no editing or anything like no, that. Just... Um, but we have some very special guests. As you can see, the Han Shoemakers uh, from Haverhill, Massachusetts, Woo-hoo! Renaissance City Church. Uh, they were... Uh, and I still consider them to be pastors to me, uh, but they were uh, the pastors of the church and still are the pastors of Renaissance City Church that I was attending uh, when I was in Bible college, uh, my wife and I. And uh, man, they're just great people. They're awesome people. And we're so happy to have them. How are you guys doing? Amazing. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. This is fun. It's a privilege to be here. Thank it's, you for having it's us. It's exciting. Pa- Pastor Dave and, and Donna and, the, and their son Daniel, uh, they're awesome people. And uh, I'll tell you what, m- my wife and I have learned so much from Pastor Dave and Pastor Donna. And uh, they blessed us. Pastor Dave actually performed our wedding ceremony. And also, Pastor Dave and Pastor Donna did our premarital counseling. So we're always thankful to you guys. We honor you. And we thank you for coming on. Uh, but we're excited. Yeah. Because... I told them about Rate That. I told them, I was like, you got to come world on famous. Rate That. It's, it's world, world famous. famous. All 150 of our, of our viewers and 200 subscribers. It's, it's world famous. World Belgium. Uh, <laughs> but it is now time to Rate That Foreign Snack. Here come we go. On come now. on now. That was crispy. What do we got today, Reg? These are roasted cumin lamb skewer flavor Lay's potato chips. Ooh. That's a mouthful. <laughs> We'll see. I don't know about that. These are uh, one of the new additions that Pastor Joey got to O3 Exotics. No, I do not. Do you? Um, I mean, Pastor Dave is actually pretty good with languages and stuff like that. Let's, <laughs> oh, see, if, hey. let's see if he, he actually might be able to figure something out. <laughs> so I'm going uh, I'm gonna go Korean on this. You're going to go Korean? Okay. I'm going to go Korean. I can't even see it, but it looks like Oh, Korean. wait. We did. We looked it up. The lamb skewers? I think it is Korea. I think you're right. I think yeah. that I also think you're right. It's definitely like an Asian country uh, because of the writing. Um, I'm I, I'm very interested in this. All right, I'll tell you guys something. That's weird. No, he doesn't. No, 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 Do you want to smell it, Daniel? Yeah. Get the sniff. Ooh, that's fun. So, like, Asian <laughs> countries have like a thing, right, where. They like to have meat-flavored chips. Mm. It's something that I've seen at 203 Exotics a lot, that Asian countries, for some reason, they like meat-flavored chips. And it's probably because it's just like a thing over there or something like that. And it, I've had some good ones. I've had some bad ones. I've had some in-between ones. Uh, but I, I'm really curious. This is Lay's. So this is the company yeah. Lay's. So at least it's, it's well-known. Um, I'm curious about this. But let me tell you a backstory about this. Oh. So 
My my uh, one of my students, Gustavo. Uh, Gustavo is like a like a son to me. I love him so much. He's great, and he's probably watching this. Uh, um, you know uh, when it's uh, released, but I brought him to two hundred three Exotics to pick out the snacks with me, and I said to him, Goose, I'll let you pick out the last the last snack, and he goes okay, and he whispers something to the guy. And the guy hands him these. Oh, man, that's nuts. Come on, Goose. And I know what he asked, but I will not tell you what he asked because I, fi- because I figured it out after. So that's we're going to go ahead and right, try this, Goose. Chip. Here we go. What, ben, why don't you distribute options? the elements? What's that? Are there any other options? What, are there any other options? Not today, Pastor Dave. This is, this is our fate. Our fate is before us for these lamb skewers. Are we fasting today? Oh, fasting. <laughs> oh man. All right, I guess I oh, guess. Oh, too bad. Oh, it's too bad. Because uh, you're breaking it now with some lamb skewers. All right, um smell the cumin. Let's get ready to try this thing. You give it a sniff. Yep. Well, oh, okay. All right, let's ready? Three, two, one. You don't twice. Good for you. Okay. Not bad. It's amazing. I, I actually love it. Before, We're getting some positive feedback. Man, it tastes like We're, meat. It really does. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> I do not it really like is. it at all. Do you like lamb? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little concerned. You, like you know, it? now, now the, uh, the, the, uh, the flavor's starting to bite back right. a little bit. Yeah. I'm just a little concerned. The initial concerned. part of it was good, but now it's... Um... So you liked it at first? Yeah. Initially, but now it's um, it's starting to turn. See, I have an opposing <laughs> I have an opposing viewpoint. I didn't like it initial. I'm really actually enjoying the aftertaste, and I'm a little concerned because it tastes like I'm eating lamb right now. Yeah, I'll actually I'll actually go for a second. It has like a hint of barbecue meat. chips, but just a bit different. Has a little bit of meat. Good mix. I don't know. I Why mean, does this taste just like meat? It tastes it tastes just like meat. It's really weird. It's a little disconcerting. It is because I want to know how they got to taste like this. But it's impressive and accurate, man. I don't know, Pastor Don. Do you have something to weigh in with that, like uh, on um, on why it might taste exactly like meat? Like, what do you think's in it? Um, probably very all natural. On sure. all natural, yeah. it's organic. It's organic. It's organically right. disgusting. I'm sorry. She gives it a thumbs down. I, I mean, I'm saying this right. Hear me on this. You know I kind of like the kick. Yeah, you got sure. you got to go in for another one. You got to go in times. for another one. You got to get the full essence of of what it is. Yeah. It has a little bit of a kick at the end, right? It has a little oh, bit of a human kick. The I, I love there. it, man. Um, <laughs> I got a little bit in the in the back of my throat. It's in there. <laughs> um, let's let's go like this. Oh yeah. Oh oh, you can get the. You, did you did you feel the spice or, or did you feel the spice on it? I, I felt the spice. Oh really? I'm the same place I was when I started. It's not good. Not good. I think it needs a little banana milk to like. Oh, oh banana no. milk! Yeah, that's, that, that would be that would be good. You so know, you know they're they're watchers. They're they're, wa- they're warners. They're warners. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm I think I'm ready with my rating, but I would like the guests to do Absolutely. the uh, the honor uh, to beginning. So here's kind of like a basic rule of thumb, so you guys know about how we rate. If you'd eat the whole bag, it's a five. Or, or it starts at a five. It, it's Typically. and you can go higher. If you would not eat the whole bag, we usually go five or under for our rating. So you guys can do with that what you may. We, you can compare this to a regular potato chip, whatever. Why don't also, we start? What's that? You can also take into account how accurate it is, you know, if it, if it sure. really is hitting the flavor that it says that it's supposed to hit. Um, sure. But. That's a good thought. So, Pastor Dave, what, what, why don't you begin with, the, with a right, rate like one to ten? Said there, uh, well, before I give my rating, it did hit the flavor okay. of what it is. It, so it's, um, it's accurate to what it's advertising. Mm. 
It's just not good. Right. <laughs> so for me, um, I, I give it a three because I, I mm. wouldn't eat that bag. Okay. I sure. I wouldn't eat that bag. I went with two, and I'm, I'm, I landed in the same area. Daniel? I would give it a five. I would eat a lot of the bags. Okay. They, they're amazing. Wow. It's wow. what it is, and it's good. Wait, it's wait, good. wait. Thank you. You I'll can go up that. to a 10, you know. 12. Whoa. Wow. It is amazing. It, Oh, wow. my goodness. I'm going there later, getting a bunch of these. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Daniel, I'll give you the bag, Yeah, you bro. can have the rest. Thanks. No, wow. they're, they're yours, like, if you, if you want them. So. We got to. <laughs> he's blown away. He's blown away. He, he has That's blown great. away by 203 Exotics That's right great. now, the, the lamb chips. Uh, Pastor Donna. First, I don't even know who you are, son. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, very accurate on the description, but I won't have more than one. At all. Yeah. So I would say a one. Wow. Reg. Sorry. All right. Not only would I not eat the whole bag, I could not eat the whole bag. Like, physically, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, but it is, it is, yeah, just super accurate. Um, and that really impresses me. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, no. He liked it. <laughs> Oh, no, no way. <laughs> Pastor Joey, would you eat that bag and then some? You can't say that in good conscience. All right, hear me out on this. I don't know if I'd eat the whole bag just because I don't typically eat a bag of chips that big in like, like anyway, like in a thing. Would I go back and get them again? No. Probably not. No. No. But I'd eat half that bag. It's a five for me. It's a, it's a, it's a five, and it's and if it was a smaller bag, it'd be a, it'd be true to a five. The fact that I'd eat the entire bag, I actually semi enjoyed it. I thought that the meat taste was like, hmm, this is interesting. Um, let's put it this way: it's not good, but it's not bad. That's how I would. That's that, that's where I would put it. It's a little. Um, the, so the question that Gustavo asked the guy now that we've tried it is, what is the worst thing you have in this store? Really? The worst yeah. chip you have in the store. And I and it's the guy's opinion, of course, that, it, that that's the worst chip. Wow. Now, I will say, the more that I, my mouth kind of settles in on this, it's a 4.5, not a 5. I need to change that. I don't appreciate that, Goose. It's, it's like g- very gamey, actually, yes. in my oh, mouth. It's yes. kind of weird. Yes. Meat. My mouth feels weird. Yeah, I'm going 4.5. <laughs> I just lowered it. Uh, that is not that is not a five. Wow, that that is not a good aftertaste. It's like you're tasting meat, but it's on a, it's a chip, right? Yeah, it's so weird. I'm starting to have problems, Pastor Dave. I'm starting to have problems. I think I'm going to uh, change I'm, my rating. I'm going to lower it to a ten instead of a twelve because the aftertaste. Mm-mm, you need a piece of gum. It's yes, yeah. I second. Yeah. You went from a twelve to a ten, bro. <laughs> yeah, it, it's still good, but like it could be better. What was that gum in my office? I didn't put it there. What the heck? Okay. All right. Anyway, that's not relevant to this. Thank you guys very much for coming out. It was fun. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Do you have any concluding thoughts for the Uncanceled podcast? Make sure you check in every week. That's it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I appreciate that. Check in every week. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. For this segment and the word, of course. Amen. 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 And if you're going to buy a bag of chips, you may want to buy a pack of gum. <laughs> That's Enjoy. a good comment. That's good advice. Daniel, anything you'd like, <laughs> anything you'd like to end, end with us for? Thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. That's all. Janata. Thanks, Joey. 
Pastor Joey? Oh, no, that's okay. No problem. Uh, uh, you, you can call me. You can call me. Um, you can call me Michael. Uh, you can call me Kevin. You can call me whatever you want. Thank but you, you're Kevin. gonna have to go to the confessional in the back after after service. Thanks, Bob. I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. We don't have a confessional here. I'm just totally kidding. Thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate you thanks guys. Love you guys. Love you and uh, thanks, thanks to you too, Ben. Oh, uh, no problem. We'll be back next week. We'll we sure will. Week. Hopefully, trying something a little better. All right. Boom! And just like that. Look at that. How do we do it? I, I mean, I, I just, you know, how, how do we do it? I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's magic. Oh, it's not magic. I'm just kidding. We don't, we, uh, we're not believing in magic. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying any of that. I'm playing around. Uh, but anyway, let's get to the important part here. Here we go. That's obviously fun. We love that. But as I always say, the word of God is the most important thing that we can do. I love to do that type of stuff, though, because it's just fun, man. God likes to have fun, too. Uh, but um, last week, I did three hindrances of the six to divine healing. And I uh, started with my first uh, being the knowledge of God's word. And I talked about how it says in Hosea that, that uh, people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And sometimes people don't have the knowledge to receive divine healing. And I shared that story about Kenneth Hagin. I talked about sin being a hindrance to divine healing. I talked about sin being, or uh, lack of faith being a hindrance to divine healing. And of course, I touched on the fact that it's not fair for us to automatically assume the reason why an individual does not uh, receive divine healing. It would be uh, an error on our end to automatically assume if somebody doesn't receive divine healing that they have a lack of faith. Uh, That would be a poor assumption to make. It would be a poor assumption to make that they automatically have sin in their life if they don't receive divine healing. But those could be reasons why someone does not receive divine healing. It's not our job to necessarily figure them out. However, if that person wants to have a conversation with us to help them figure it out, it may be our place to do so. But be very careful and sensitive to the fact to not automatically cast generic judgments as to why somebody does not receive divine healing. But uh, I got these from uh, Kenneth Hagin's book, um, Brother Hagin, Great Man of God, and he, he has a book on uh, hindrances to divine healing, and I'd recommend you read it. It's a pamphlet, and it's a really good um, resource. But let's get on to our fourth point today. If you didn't watch last week's teaching, I'd encourage you to go back, watch that, and then come back and watch this one as it will make more sense. So after lack of faith, the next uh, reason why somebody may not receive, <coughs> excuse me, those chips, Still getting to me right here. I need to take a drink of water. My goodness. I'm not even kidding. My eyes are like watering right now. Should not have gone back for a second. Anyway, number four, unforgiveness. Now, here's something that's interesting. With all of these points, it's not limited to just divine healing. These are hindrances to to, uh, prayers being answered in general. But They are also, this goes to divine healing as well. Unforgiveness. If you go to Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, Jesus is talking about uh, speaking to a mountain and and, uh, believing uh, that it will be done. And we'll go to Mark chapter 11. Excuse me while I turn there for a sec. Basically, Jesus curses a fig tree. And the disciples come back the next day and they see that the fig tree that Jesus cursed was completely withered up and that it died. And they're like astonished. They're like, oh my goodness, Rabbi, look, this tree that you cursed has withered and died. And look at what Jesus says. 
He answered them and said, it says in uh, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus is talking about, uh, and you know, a lot of people don't agree with this, but I believe the Bible teaches it, uh, positive confession or confessing the word of God uh, over a situation, right? We've talked about, and maybe if you've heard me preach before, I talk about confessing what God's word says. And that that's what, uh, you know, what Jesus is coming from here. We can derive and understand that we can say things in faith and believe that we've received them according to the word of God, and it will be done unto us. But then it says in verse 25, in the context of believing that we're going to receive something, and whenever you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness can be a barrier to receiving divine healing or receiving really anything from the Lord. Where we harbor something against a brother or sister, where we harbor something against another person, it's very problematic to do this. And here's why. If you go to Matthew chapter 6, I'll show you why it it can become problematic too. Uh, harbor this unforgiveness towards people. Matthew chapter 6. This is uh, famously, uh, or I'm sorry, I believe that it's not Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. No, it is Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus just gives us this, this guide to how we can pray in our lives. And at the end of the guide, uh, you guys all know the Our Father prayer, I assume. If you grew up in Catholic church, you probably know this like the back of your hand. Uh, I actually happen to know the Our Father prayer. I didn't grow up in Catholic church or anything like that, but I do know it. Uh, but it's, you know, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, for thine is the kingdom and power and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so Jesus says that prayer and he shows us that, that guide prayer. And then at the end, he says this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, I want you to hear me on this. There's a difference between struggling to forgive somebody and asking God to help you and harboring unforgiveness towards somebody. When Uh, I'll give you a perfect example in my own life. My sister dated somebody, and she's talked very openly about this, dated somebody that was very abusive uh, to her physically, mentally, emotionally. And being that she's my sister, you could understand why it would be difficult for me to forgive that individual for for doing that. And so I, I struggled for a little while to forgive him, and I honestly, I, I didn't really fully understand forgiveness at the time either. I was, I was younger, uh, but uh, I struggled to forgive. And I asked the Lord at one, one day, I said, Lord, help me forgive this person. Help me forgive this person for what they did. And I can confidently say that God helped me be able to let go of that unforgiveness that I had and fully forgive them. But I want you to know there's a difference between God help me forgive this person and I don't want to forgive this person. And here's where the difference lies. When we say, I don't want to forgive this person and I'm not going to, 
we're showing that we don't understand God's forgiveness. We don't understand God's mercy and grace. And right, how are we saved? We're saved by God's grace. And so how I understand this scripture is that if we're refusing to forgive somebody, it means that we ourselves don't even understand the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God for our own lives to be able to be saved. And so my encouragement to you right now is if you're holding on to unforgiveness to somebody, give it to the Lord and ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me. Help me be able to forgive this person. Uh, and, it, and if really the way that it helped me and changed my perspective is I thought about all the times that I've gone against God and his word, but yet he's still forgiven me. He's still forgiven me. I've thought about all the bad things I've done, all the times that I've spit in God's face and done things I shouldn't have done, and God uh, forgives me every single time when I come to him in repentance. And so really and truly, unforgiveness, and I'm kind of going into a teaching on forgiveness now, but it's important to understand, unforgiveness will hurt you more than it hurts the other person. It will hurt you more than it hurts the other person. Because what will end up happening is you just have this hatred in your heart that you're holding on to towards that person. It's tormenting your mind. Every time you see them, if you see them, it's like, you know, your, your teeth grit. And every time you hear about them and you have this hatred in your heart and really it's blocking our relationship with God the way that it ought to be. And so unforgiveness can be a significant hindrance to prayers being answered in our life because it hurts our connection with God. But also it can be a hindrance to divine healing as well. There's a scripture in the Bible, and I believe that it has a deeper meaning than this, but I'll mention it briefly. The man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus heals him and says, uh, you know, go and sin no more, lest something worse happen to you. Now, I believe there's also a spiritual meaning to that, that scripture as well, but I think that it shows us the importance of of forgiveness and living a life that is living a life that is pure before the Lord and living a life that is not in sin because unforgiveness is, is a sin. And so we need to ask God to help us be able to forgive people. And uh, if you struggle with that, uh, hey, I've been there before. I get it. But ask the Lord to help you and soften your heart. And uh, that, that can be something that is, um, is a major hindrance to receiving divine healing uh, in your life. Um, understand how much you've been forgiven of. Jesus says, forgive your neighbor. How much should I forgive my neighbor? 70 times 7. Pastor Frank said something really cool about this. And I'm not going to get much into it, but es uh, in eschatology, the study of the end times, 70 times 7, 490, that 490 uh, actually represents the entire end of the age. If you actually study the entire age uh, of, uh, of the church, the entire age leading up until the return of Christ. I won't get into it. Uh, it's too deep of a teaching for me to get into for right now, but it's actually a really cool thing. And if you're one of my MPAC students, you can come and talk to me about it. I'd be happy to share it with you. But the next thing I want to talk to you about, and I believe this one is often overlooked, People that believe in divine healing like, like myself, sometimes we overlook this step, and it's very important. Number five, practical steps not taken. Practical steps not taken. Sometimes people don't receive healing in their body or get sick because practical steps were not taken. What do I mean by that? Uh, oh, I, you know, I feel sick today, Pastor Joey. My body's just very sick right now. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. You know, let me pray. You know, I just stayed up all night watching Netflix. And oh, so you're not feeling well because your body needs to like take a nap right now and needs to sleep right now. 
there was a practical step that was not taken. I'll actually show you somebody in the Bible that almost killed themselves because they didn't take practical steps. If you go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. I'm going to turn there right now. As you're turning there, I just want you to understand that practical steps are important and we can partner with God to receive healing and divine health in our life. There's a partnership that we can have with God where God and we need to use our free will that God has given us, the choice that God has given us to honor him with our body and honor him with the way that we do it. You know, somebody says, um, oh man, you know, I just don't understand why I have all these health problems, but they're 400 pounds and they're, you know, 250 pounds overweight and they eat, you know, 7,000 calories every single day. I think I know why you have health problems. Now, I understand that people may struggle with overeating and all this stuff and I'm not here to slam them or anything like that, but I am saying, hey, you're 250 pounds overweight. Maybe if you lose some weight, you won't have these health problems. You know, you ever see that, you know, my, my 600 pound or 700 pound life or whatever, and they have all these health problems. I think that they know what their health problems are from. It's not God sending sickness upon you. It's the fact that, hey, I'm overweight and I need to take responsibility for my own body and practically partner with God for healing and health in my body. Uh, I'll show you where this is in the Bible. I'll show you where this is in the Bible. It says, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, sorry, the Greek name, uh, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger uh, but your messenger and the one who you ministered to my need. Since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Okay, so he's sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on, on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. Because, ready? Ready? Because for the work of Christ, he came close to death. Why was he sick? Because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Let me read this in a different translation so that maybe it makes more sense. I'm reading in a New King James, but I'll break it down for you in a second. But we're going to see here, as this guy Epaphroditus, he almost worked himself to death for the kingdom of God. I'll read it to you in the, in the NIV. It says, indeed, he was ill and he almost died, but God had mercy on him and not only on, uh, oh, but not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. This guy served the Lord so faithfully and was throwing himself into his work so much that he almost worked himself to death. Sometimes there is a practicality to why people are sick and why they're not right in their body. And there's practical steps that we can take to help offset those things. Now, I'm not saying, I want you to, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. Sometimes people will say something like, you know, 
That means, you know, if, I, if I'm ever sick in my body, then, you know, I need to run to every doctor under the sun or whatever, and they don't even think to turn to God. I'm not saying that. I think our first response should be to turn to God. However, you guys have heard me speak on this before. I believe that people that believe it's the will of God to always heal have a better reason to take medicine than people that don't. And I'll explain it to you guys again if, if you haven't heard this teaching. If you believe it's the will of God to be, to, for you to be healed, then sure, taking medicine will help you be in the will of God and be better in your body. Now, we know that God is our ultimate healer, and he's the one that can heal things that medicine cannot heal. But if we don't believe it's the will of God for us to always be healed, if we're sick, we should just accept the fact that we're sick as the will of God and stop taking medication, because then we'd be out of the will of God. You see what I'm saying right now? If you would be completely out of the will of God to try to get better if you're sick, if you believe it's not God's will for you to be healed. So stop trying to get better if you don't believe it's God's will for, for you to be healed. But if you do believe it's God's will for you to be healed, it's understandable for you to take a medication so that your body can get in line with the will of God. However, I'd encourage you, again, that God is our ultimate healer. That if you have a fever, yes, ibuprofen can break your fever. But, God can completely heal you of the root or the cause of that fever completely, and, he, and you can be completely healed. You don't just have to deal with, you know, the ibuprofen breaks your fever for a second but doesn't actually heal you. So God is still our ultimate healer. But I want to encourage you, take practical steps. Get enough sleep. Have a good diet. You know, if you're always eating fried food nonstop all the time and you're like have, you know, acne all over your body and you have all these, you know, problems in your body, it might be a good idea to have a vegetable or, you know, you know, cut back on the fried food or something like that. So that's an important thing as well. Lastly, bad theology. Bad theology. This kind of comes back to my first point of not having understanding. And I want you to hear me on this. If perhaps you are of the persuasion that, that, you know, it's not the will of God to always heal, I'm not even necessarily saying that that's your fault. And here's why. It's propagated and taught by pastors and many people that it's not the will of God for you to receive divine healing. So I want to give you right now a teaching on why it is the will of God for you to receive divine healing. I know I've talked about this in weeks before, but receiving divine healing understands with the fact, uh, or starts with understanding that God can heal and wants to heal. And the fact that you're already healed. It starts with that. If we don't have that baseline understanding, it's going to be very difficult for us to receive divine healing in our body. But many times people will point out different texts and say, see, God is not a healer. God is not a healer because this, this, or that, or the other thing. This happened in the Bible. That happened in the Bible. And we run to these obscure examples instead of going directly to the words of Jesus and what he had to say and what he demonstrated for us. I've heard it said that many people have recovered from many things. People can recover from making a, a, a poor choice, an affair. People can recover from doing something wrong, some type of sin. But something that people cannot recover from is bad theology. Because your mindset will not change and your mindset uh, will, uh, will be problematic for you. Bad theology can hurt your entire life. And you can, you can live your entire life, sure, a Christian, living for the Lord, you know, but with the wrong theology and not living with everything that God has for you. Bad theology can shipwreck an individual, can shipwreck a person and cause them to live a life that God never intended for them to live. Now, here are two common occurrences that people will automatically say. 
It's the will of God to heal. Paul's thorn. So that's probably the first thing that will come out of somebody's mouth that does not believe in divine healing. Well, Paul was sick. Paul had a thorn in the flesh, and it was a sickness. Now, here's my problem with that. I don't see that in the Bible. And that's a problem. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see it uh, said in the Bible that Paul's thorn is sickness. In fact, I see it very clearly that it's something else. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll make this quick, so stay with me. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Okay. My dad said this to me, and he made me laugh in Bible college because somebody in Bible college told me, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said to me in Bible college, well, God doesn't want to heal anybody because Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And so I call my dad, you know, dad, you know, does God not want to always heal us? I know you always said that he did, you know, well, you know, what about this thorn? And my dad goes, Joe, Clifford, the big red dog, who's Clifford? I said, the big red dog. He goes, okay. He goes, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger from Satan. What's the thorn in the flesh? And it just clicked to me just like that. It was like two seconds. I was like, oh, it's a messenger from Satan because it literally is telling us what the thorn in the flesh is. People are like, we don't know what the thorn was. Ooh, it's like, it's like a spooky thing. Like, we don't know what the thorn was. Could it, maybe Paul had cancer. Maybe he had this. Maybe he had that. And, that, and God was striking him with cancer. God was striking him with all these things and, and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's just like, that's not in the Bible. And it doesn't say that here in this text anywhere. You can't find it in this text. And it's because it wasn't a sickness. It was a thorn in the flesh, was a messenger of Satan. It was a, literally a devil, a demon that was sent to try and knock Paul out, take him out. It was a, it was a demon. It wasn't, it wasn't a sickness. So no, Paul was not sick and you know, oh, you know, I, he had this thorn, you know, and then he pleaded with God, you know, God, can you please take it away from me? And God said, no, I won't heal you. It doesn't even say that. He, God's response is this, hear me on this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weak, weakness. So people go, so God told them no, no. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for Paul in this circumstance. And I've heard Pastor Frank teach it like this. What is God's grace? God's grace in this situation is his unmerited favor, his divine empowerment to be able to give Paul the ability to be able to have victory over the devil. To have victory in that situation is the grace of God to sustain him even though the devil's attacks were upon his life. Hear me on this. God will not take away the temptation of the enemy in our lives. Hear me on that. God's not just going to go, uh, God has given us free will and choice. With that choice comes the enemy trying to destroy us and us having to choose to press into God and go to God and say, God, I need your grace right now to bring me through this situation. God, I'm going to exercise the authority that you've given me in Jesus' name. God doesn't just take away the buffeting of the enemy in our lives. Why? Because we live in this world right now where there's temptation, where things aren't perfect right now. But God has given us his grace, which is sufficient for us. And yes, his power is made perfect in our weakness. When we're weak in our own flesh, he is strong in us. 
It's just such a twist on the scripture to say that Paul was sick in his body. So therefore, God doesn't want to heal. Doesn't say that in the scripture. I can't find it. It's not there. Now, the other one, and I'll kind of I'll end on this right here, is Job. People, well, you know, God, you know, wanted Job to be sick. And so that, that's, you know, not always the will of God. Well, here's where we start with this, right? In Job chapter one, I'm not going to turn there. You're welcome to turn there. I encourage you to turn there if, uh, to, to read if what I'm saying is accurate. And basically Satan says to God, or God says to Satan, Satan, you know, kind of is, is roaming, looking for someone to devour. The Bible says he's roaming the earth. He's looking for who is, you know, next person he's going to come for is. And he comes to God and God goes, have you considered my servant Job? And people go, there it is. God was, God was, you know, turning them over to the devil. God was, God was, you know, ready to get them, you know, whapped on the head with, by, by the devil. Let me ask us a question. I don't know any evangelical Christian that doesn't believe that God is omniscient, right? God knows everything. He knows everything. Do we really think that God didn't know that Satan was already thinking of Job? Pastor Frank teaches it like this. He, he says that he believes that that is best translator, best to be understood. I know you've set your sights on my servant Job. God was not suggesting Job to get whacked by the devil, but rather understood that that was what Satan was going for in his omniscience, that that's what Satan was going for. And so all these things happen in Job's life, not because God is sitting there telling, suggesting to Satan, why don't you go and destroy Job, just whack him, just kill him and all that stuff. Rather, God knew what, the, what Satan was looking to do. Now, why did this happen to Job, though? Righteous man, why did it happen to Job? And I think that Job says a very interesting comment in Job chapter 9. Job chapter 9, if you want to turn there with me. Forgive me. There it is. Job chapter 9, beginning in verse 32. This really, because I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. When I went to school, I was very challenged with these types of things that people would bring to my attention. And I understand that um, when people say this, that what they're doing is they're trying to uh, reconcile personal experience with the word of God. That's really what it comes down to. But Job chapter 9, verse 32. My pages are sticking together. I'm sorry. Where is this text? Oh, there it is. Sorry. Job chapter 9, verse 32. For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. I don't know if Job knew this or not, but he was, he was actually speaking prophetically. He says that there's not a mediator between God and man right now. There's not a mediator that I could go and bring my case before the Lord. But the New Testament tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Job did not have the covenant that we have today. Job was not even, Job's actually, uh, Job, Job, Job is actually pre any covenant, not even old covenant. 
He's pre any covenant. Job did not have this new covenant in Christ where Christ was the mediator between God and man. He didn't have that. He couldn't go to God in Jesus' name. He couldn't do that. And so Job in this situation, he's in a different covenant. We have to understand that these things, it doesn't work like this anymore. We can go to God with the mediator of Jesus Christ. We can go in authority because of Jesus now, because he is our mediator, because he has given us uh, his spirit, because we are able to go to him now in all authority, because he is our mediator. When those situations happen, we can exercise our authority over the devil because Jesus has won the victory and he is our mediator between uh, God and man. Understand that. So no, Job is not a good reason to say that God does not want us to be healed. But ultimately, we have to look at the example of Jesus Christ. We have to look at the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, this fulfilled the word of the prophet Isaiah. He took our sickness and bore our illness. I'm sorry, Jesus didn't say that, but Matthew recorded that in the context of Jesus' healing, that he took our sickness and bore our disease. Jesus never denied anybody divine healing. Never once denied anybody divine healing. I had a college professor, and somebody challenged him. He was basically saying, you know, that God doesn't want to heal everybody. And somebody said this to him, and I think it was interesting. Somebody said to him, If God doesn't want everybody to be healed, then why did Jesus never deny anybody healing? And the professor said, you know, if I'm being honest with you, Jesus never denied anybody divine healing. And I cannot argue against that because he never did. Never once did anybody come to Jesus. But, and then, you know, all the buts, you know, all the buts, but Paul Storm, but Joe, you know, all all this different stuff. But that's it right there. Jesus, everything Jesus did represented what God's will is. Actually, Pastor Dave, who's who's still in here right now, is somebody that taught me that. Everything that Jesus did was a reflection of the will of God. Jesus never denied anybody healing because it's the nature of God to heal. In the the show, The The Chosen, it's a great show and it has a lot of great things, but they they have, you know, um, they had this scene where Jesus says, it's not my will to, to heal you. And it's just like my, my, like my eyes were like, what? Because Jesus never said that once to anybody. In fact, the only per time that he even mentioned will is when the leper said, are you willing? And he said, I am willing. There you go. That was his answer. That was his answer. Jesus took our sickness and disease and divine healing is the will of God. But bad theology will be a hindrance to divine healing because we don't know it's the will of God to heal. If we, if we don't understand that it's the will of God to heal, then it's going to be really hard for us to receive it. But that's what I have for you guys today. Again, to recap, just the seven. We have knowledge of God's word. We have sin. We have lack of faith. We have unforgiveness. Practical steps not taken and bad theology. All of those things can be a hindrance to divine healing. I say this every time I talk about divine healing. My heart goes out to those of you who have lost loved ones, and I'm not by any means suggesting any of these things toward your loved ones. Rather, I'm just showing in the word of God what hindrances to divine healing could be. But I want to pray for you right now. If you're watching this right now and you're saying to yourself, man, I'm sick in my body and I need a healing touch from God. If that's you and you're watching this right now, I just want you to lay hands on yourself where you're at right now. And I want to pray for you. I believe that God can heal you right where you're at right now.
Seriously, I believe it. I believe the healing power of God can come and touch you. I believe that God will do it. Why? Because he took our sickness and disease. So I'm going to pray for you. Lay hands on yourself wherever you're at right now, whenever you're watching. It doesn't matter if you're watching three years from now. God, the healing power of God is still for you. Father, I thank you for the authority that you've given us in Jesus' name. I thank you that you've took our sickness and you bore our illness and that it is your will to heal us. Thank you that you've given me the authority to do this in your name. In the name of Jesus, I command every sickness to be gone. I command every pain to leave, every fever to go in the name of Jesus. I command sore throats to be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe it and we believe it's done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just like that. It's that simple. It's that simple. You could do it for yourself too. Now, one more matter of business. I always like to do this. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you're in here right, or and you're watching this right now, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're saying, wow, I didn't realize that I, that I could serve a God that wanted to heal me, that wanted to heal my body. I didn't realize that. Maybe you just got healed in your body and you're like, wow, God really is real. Well, I want to tell you real quick that Jesus Christ came down to this earth. He was and still is God. He came down in a human body. He lived a perfect life, yet he went to the cross as a sacrifice for our sin, as the payment for our sin. He died the death that we deserved. He died on that cross, a painful death, and he could have came down at any time, but he didn't. And here's why. Because the Bible says he had a joy set before him. What is that joy? That joy is the fact that he could have a relationship with you and I. Jesus knew that not everybody would accept him. Jesus knew that not everybody would like him. Jesus knew that people would mock him. He knew all that stuff, but yet he still died for every single human being that would ever live. And then he died on that cross. He was buried in the ground and he rose again three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And now he says to you, if you would repent of your sin and put your faith in me, you can have eternal life. Do you want to have eternal life today? Because the only way is through Jesus Christ. Do you want to live a life not, not worrying about death, knowing where your eternity will be? A lot of times people will say, come to Jesus and if your life is terrible and it will get better. And that is true. But maybe your life already is good right now. And you're like, what do I need? We all need a savior. Because one day we're going to leave this life, even if we live a good life right now. We're going to leave this life. And we're going to spend eternity even in heaven or hell. Those are the two places. And God wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, repeat this prayer after me. Just say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I put my faith in you. I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again for me. I believe in you, Jesus. You're my savior, Jesus. I want a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, if, you, if you just gave your life to the Lord, I encourage you to just comment amen in the comments. And also, if you would go to Instagram, I assume you would have an Instagram because most people do, or Facebook and type in Impact Youth, M-P-A-C-T, Youth. You can message us, tell us that you gave your life to the Lord, and we will help you get some resources into your hands that will help you get started on your Christian journey. This is only the beginning of your Christian journey. This is not the end. This is only the beginning of your walk with the Lord and everything that God has from you. Even if you, you know, if you don't message us, I encourage you to do so, but find a church, a Bible-believing church that you can go to and and, uh, receive and get discipled and learn more about God's Word. So I hope that this teaching blessed you. I hope it encouraged you today. We love you guys as always, and I hope to see you guys back next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.